the beauty of the early 20th century French landscapes and countryside are made all too apparent in the 2012 film Renoir, and as its title suggests, the film depicts the final chapters in the life of the great Impressionist painter Pierre-Augustus Renoir. Growing old entered the waning years of life, the light he once shone out into the world begins to fade, and it falls on the shoulders of a muse, his final muse, to deliver him from darkness. One Andrea Huchelin. Andrea is a great beauty. Renoir is very much aware of this. And it's in this process of using her as the central model for his paintings that he makes a distinct and profound connection to the very thing that fuels his artistry and his work, defines the parameters through which he wishes to both analyze the world and come to terms with his own place in it. That thing is flesh. Renoir seeks to paint flesh. He regards the skin as being living, breathing material, from the budding rounded shape of a breast to the curves the body makes in our natural resting state. Flesh and skin is something that entirely dominates both Renoir's worldview and his ability to depict it in his paintings. It's in this yearning for flesh that Renoir depicts something truly profound about the relationship between the artist of any medium, their subject matter, and their muse, the thing which they draw inspiration from. The Impressionist movement originated in France during the late 19th century, and its stylings were characterized by the visual impression of the moments they were capturing. Artists refused to conform their depictions of the world to the rigid, more standard expectations of beauty and hyperrealism, instead choosing to depict that which was fleeting, bathed under the light and color of nature, not attempting to achieve some accurate depiction, but instead capture a deep, emotive feeling. And what was Renoir feeling? Well, in the film, like anything other than a painter, he goes on to deny even the very concept refusing to be referred to as an artist, but rather as a worker. It's the reason why throughout the film he's always referred to by his maids and caretakers as the boss. It seems a funny thing for an artist to want to so willingly separate themselves from the very thing they make and produce, from that very title. But I think it entirely has to do with how Renoir views the role of the human in achieving something worthwhile in their life. He defines a real profession, a true profession, as being one in which you use your hands to make something that will last. Through his art, Renoir uses his hands to capture what is beautiful about the world, and it's through his paintings that we are able to, years later, experience this beauty for ourselves. He relies on his body as a vessel through which we are made privy to his insights, to his biases and personal truths, to his deep inner pain and shortcomings. These are the waning years of his life, after all, and as the audience we bear witness to just how much Renoir's own body begins to deteriorate with time. His hands and muscles are overwhelmed by shaking. The reason this fills Renoir with so much emotional dread is because the external feeds on his internal beliefs that if he can't move his body, his muscle, his hands, he won't be able to paint to work, that he will become effectively useless. This is why I think Renoir is so enamored with flesh, particularly Andreas. Renoir is losing his ability to communicate, to say something profound about the world he is experiencing, losing control over the whims and wills of his own flesh. 
and so he seeks out to capture flesh of another, to capture skin that he deems to be perfect. This is a grueling, overbearing task, to be sure, and he's willing to work himself to death to carry on until he collapses, still motivated by some idea of progress, still needed to be made in his already successful life. This idea is compounded by Renoir's relationship with his eldest son, Jean, who after taking a leave of absence from the military due to a minor leg injury he sustained while fighting, has the desire to go back out, to fight again, to, in Renoir's eyes, waste away in the war effort. While Renoir is occupied with the concept of making things with his hands, he is also deeply troubled by his own son's willingness to unmake things with his hands, characterizing war as the true antithesis of the worker and, by proxy, the artist. In many respects, Renoir's life is one filled with tragedy, with pain, with heartbreak. Yet he still has something profound to say about the way we choose to go on through life. He proposes this idea of the cork, traveling down a river, not choosing to go its own path, but under the mercy of the shifting stream and its currents, simply going with the flow, letting life lead it where it may. It's a theory that seems easy enough to understand, but in practice, the common movements of a stream can easily give way to the violent horrors of a rushing torrent. In other words, life and the human condition is pain. There's no other way around it. But it's through this pain that great art retains its human identity and qualities, regardless of how real or surreal the form it's represented in truly is. Art can reach across time, transcend generations, and as we toil during our creative process with a pain all-encompassing, we can hope for a moment that something beautiful can be born of this struggle. Every man born to see the light of day must die, and our journey in reconciling with this can be a harrowing one. But eventually, that pain will pass, in one way or another, giving way to a deep inner beauty that remains. Mind Theater is a solo effort produced and written by me, Aoakin Bade. For updates on the show, as well as my other content, follow Mind Theater Pod on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to show monetary support, the Ko-fi link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time.